All right, welcome back to the Sharp 600, brought to you by Covers.com. My name is Joe Fortenball. It is great to have you in today. Episode 87, or as we're calling it, part two of the March Madness Sweet 16 edition. It has been a big week for the podcast. Our good friend in Las Vegas, Ken Thompson, one of the sharpest college basketball bettors in all the land, is going to join us in just a few moments. For those of you who may just be catching up on everything, earlier this week, episode 85, we visited with Gil Alexander, one of the sharpest baseball minds in the business. He hooked us up with some MLB win totals, some Cy Young projections. Make sure you check out Gil on episode 85 because, honestly, you may not know this. Opening day is right around the corner. Yeah, next Thursday, opening day. It's already here. So we've got to get those MLB futures in, the win totals, Cy Young, MVP, all that stuff. Gil was fantastic on episode 85. But for right now, it's time to turn our attention to our good friend Ken Thompson and part two of our March Madness Sweet 16 edition. Good. Good. More for me and you. He's one of the sharpest college hoops minds in Vegas. You can catch him on Sports X Radio 720 KDWN and on Twitter at KenThompson87. Our good friend Ken Thompson joining us once again on the Sharp 600. Ken, as always, it's a pleasure, and thank you for your time. Before we jump into the action, one image I'm trying to portray to the listeners over the last couple weeks is what it's like in Vegas for March Madness. How, for someone like you who's been there as long as you have, how do you stack March Madness up against all the other weekends, Super Bowl, New Year's, all that stuff? You know what? I think it's the best, especially the first two days, that Thursday, Friday, where you have nonstop games going, of course, West Coast from 9 a.m. all the way to 10 p.m. and just watching the highs and lows of different groups that are in there. Now, some groups will get in there uh, for specific game times, but most of them grab tables and they're there for the duration. And it doesn't matter where you go. There's so many prime properties to go take it all in, but it is incredible, especially when you have the buzzer beaters way all over Miami and then you have Michigan's buzzer beater and all this stuff. And especially when it affects the spread and affects the uh, the game within the game, as we call it here in Vegas, to where a last-second shot may not mean jack on the scoreboard as far as who wins or loses, but it does here in Las Vegas and inside the Silver State of Nevada to where you win or lose money, and you see money exchange hands on some bizarre stuff. And uh, it's been wild. It's been a crazy first uh, couple, you know, first four days, really. It was uh, kind of bizarre. How about this stat? Arizona, Virginia, Michigan State, and North Carolina, in those losses, there are losses that knocked them out. And of course, Arizona was first round against Buffalo, but the other ones in Virginia as well. 20 of 108 combined from three-point land Whoa. in those losses. So, I mean, 18.5%. That just shows you, Joe, because to me, Golden State has revolutionized the game of basketball, but they shoot it so well. They get great spacing. Other teams now think, okay, that's the way to go, but they don't have those shooters. Outside of Villanova at the college level, nobody has – uh, a group of shooters that can shoot consistently at that percentage. How important is it to take what you saw last week and apply it to this week? Or conversely, how important is it to avoid some of what you saw last week and apply it to this week? Because the last thing you want to do is get caught overvaluing something you shouldn't or undervaluing something you should. Yeah, no doubt about it. But you definitely have to take each game, each team, for who they are and what they are, personnel-wise, coaching, all that stuff. Because crazier stuff does happen in the first few days. Now, Sweet 16, you've had time. You've had quality coaches 
have time to prepare for that next opponent. So the Thursday-Friday games, those are the games in Sweet 16 where the good, solid coaching sometimes has a little bit of an advantage. But again, there's a lot of younger coaches that are good, solid coaches that may just not have that experience like some of the others, like a Chris Beard or uh, even Matt Painter uh, really getting into it this year. You have your veterans with Krzyzewski and, and, uh, and Bayheim, and they'll go head-to-head, and Bill Self and the job that Brownell's done for Clemson. And then you have Jay Wright, who's been there, done that a couple years ago. But you have Huggy, as good as Huggy's teams have been. He hasn't won that national title. But this West Virginia team is probably the biggest threat to Villanova with the teams that are left. What do you think about that game? That's where we'll start. Number one seeded Nova, one of only two number one seeds still alive, laying five, total about 152.5, taking on Bob Huggins and the Mountaineers. Yeah, and it's actually uh, come down a little bit today to four and a half pretty much everywhere. So some money coming on West Virginia. And here's the thing. I think that point spread, you, you want to lean towards West Virginia if they slow the game down. But here's the deal with Villanova. They have a collection of shooters, like I said, like nobody else, and Brunson and Bridges, even Chenzo and Booth and Pasco. Now, Pasco's the weakest link. He's only at 30%, but everybody else up over 40%. And even Spellman can step out and knock down that three, Gillespie off the bench. So they have enough weapons there, Nova does. But West Virginia, when you have a senior-savvy point guard like a Javon Carter leading the way, if he gets help from Miles, the key becomes down low. If, if Villanova's hitting their three-pointers, Joe, they're going to be tough to beat. If they're not, Kanate, Ahmad, these guys for West Virginia, they're going to disallow a lot of second and third opportunities for Villanova. So that means, you know, Villanova better knock down some shots. Now, they got bailed out last game where DiVincenzo hit five threes in the first half, so he kind of kept them going. But Brunson, Bridges, those guys were struggling. Pascal Booth, these guys were all struggling. So they can ill afford to have everybody struggle. If Villanova has two or three guys knocking down the threes, the way that Jay Wright spreads the court – they become unbeatable because you just can't match, especially West Virginia. They don't have as many three-point shooters. Carter on occasion, Miles, these guys can get it going. But realistically, Villanova, when they have two or three guys consistently knocking down the three, they're going to beat you 90% of the time. Then they become the college version of the Golden State Warriors. Purdue versus Texas Tech. What do you make of the Boilermakers following the loss of center Isaac Hayes, who fractured his elbow last weekend? Well, here's the thing. Matt Harms did a nice job. Again, not a lot of film on him playing as many minutes as he did. Step in for a big-bodied Isaac Haas. Isaac Haas, also a guy that hit 74% from the free throw line, nearly 75%. Harms steps in. If you hack this guy, first of all, he's slimmer in stature as far as uh, bulk, so he doesn't carry that presence in the paint like Haas does. He's lanky. He can do some things. He can grab some boards. But at the end of the day, he's only 56% from the free throw line. So when in doubt foul this kid, put him on the free throw line. It's not like fouling Isaac Haas, but they need Edward, the Edwards boys, Carson and Vincent, to step up big time. And then Matthias, who came up with the big shot to win that last game, he's got to be you know, on top of it as well. Texas Tech, Keenan Evans, uh, Zaire Smith, these guys, the leader, leaders for uh, Chris Beard's team. And this is a very savvy defensive team. And that line right now is one and a half last I saw. We're Texas Tech up to two now. Purdue's favorite two, total 137 and a half. I lean Texas Tech. I think their defense is good enough to shut down Purdue's outside game and force them to try and go inside. And I don't think they're going to have a good inside presence. I think Texas Tech wins that game, Joe. Duke is a huge favorite. Right now I'm seeing 11-and-a-half over Jim Beheim's Syracuse team, which played really well against Tom Izzo in Michigan State last weekend. Cuse has that 2-3 zone that seems to befuddle teams come tournament time. How much of an advantage is it for Coach K having a week to prepare for that? Yeah, I actually had Michigan State losing that game, but nice. I, I didn't know if they were going to play TCU or 
you know, Arizona State or Syracuse, whoever they were playing, I had them losing. I wasn't impressed with Izzo's team. Bridges loved his game, but the rest of the team, they struggled big time. And I don't think Izzo's done solid coaching. In fact, the last three years, he's been knocked out of the tournament, you know, first weekend or first round, and you, you lose to Middle Tennessee a couple years ago, and you get beat, you know, in this game. So uh, they got past Bucknell, and that game got a little closer. But Syracuse's zone did affect them. Now, Duke knows the zone inside out. They play against it, ACC. They've been doing it for a while, and they actually copy it sometimes on defense themselves when they're trying to shut down a good outside shooting team. But here's the thing. Grayson Allen, Gary Trent Jr., these guys can knock them down from deep, occasionally get help from somebody else. But Bagley down low means Syracuse has to be careful. And if Bagley gets good one-on-one position down low in the blocks, they'll, get it, they'll, they'll whip it down low in there. And then if you do cheat and you double down, that's where – Duke can crush you with that outside shooting. They played one time at Cameron, beat them 60-44, to 44, very low-scoring game, and they extended the lead. I expect Battle and uh, Brissett and Howard, these guys, to try and keep Syracuse in it. And especially Battle and Brissett, these guys shoot 84 and 80% from the free-throw line. So if they can get to the line like they did last game, all of a sudden they can find themselves down the stretch in a position to win. But I don't trust Syracuse here because Grayson Allen and Trent Jr. have such good range that the zone is not as effective because you have to come further out because these guys can knock them down from 23, not just 20 feet like a lot of the people that are playing against teams that are playing against Syracuse's zone for the first time. They have trouble with the length and the way that they're able to move side to side better than any other zone in the country. But Duke's the team that can beat them. So it's a game I'll probably stay away from because I think the number's probably right around where that game ends. I think Duke wins somewhere between 9 and 15 points. Kansas minus five against Clemson. The Tigers are coming off an absolute annihilation of Auburn. Is it possible that they're a bit overvalued in this game because of that matchup? Boy, it could be, but it also could be that Brownell has really had the team realize, look, we lost our second leading scorer and our leading rebounder in Grantham, but we're still good enough. And, you know, they've moved on. And realistically, the, as easily as they won in their last game against Auburn, I mean, absolutely incredible. Now, I, a lot of people had New Mexico State over Clemson in a the first round. They're looking for that matchup. I didn't. I've seen New Mexico State, and I know the whack. And at the end of the day, it's a good program. But I like the way Clemson's playing. There's some great chemistry on this team. And Brownell deserves a lot of credit to get this team going. And once they got Shelton Mitchell back, that really took some pressure off Marquise Reed. And DeVoe is solid. I mean, they've got players. Now, with Kansas – it's what's going to happen with Graham. If Devontae Graham is shooting it well from the outside, they're really tough to beat because McKaylick is always steady. He's good. Now Malik Newman really bailed him out last game when Graham was struggling because he knocked down 11 straight free throws. That was key. They get some help inside. If Azubuke stays out of foul trouble, that's key as well. But this game could be tight. And if Clemson controls the pace, Kansas could be in trouble because they're not going to get a lot of second and third opportunities. And Azubuke could get in foul trouble uh, this is a tough game. I, right now, I'm staying away from it. I think the line is probably where it should be. I want to take Clemson, but I respect Kansas. And if Kansas is clicking, they're good enough to cover that line. And then some of the games in Omaha. So remember that there'll be, you know, half the state of Kansas will be there. It's not a far jaunt there. And uh, Clemson won't have near as many people. But I'm really impressed with the job that Brownell's done for the Tigers. Follow him on Twitter at Ken Thompson 87 He's one of the best college hoops minds in the business. You can also check him out, Sports X Radio 720 KDWN. Ken Thompson joining us here on the Sharp 600. Dynamite stuff, Ken. I always appreciate the time. Thank you very much. Joe Fortenbaugh, anything for you anytime because it's reciprocal and you're the best at what you do time and time again, and I appreciate you. We'll see you in Vegas soon, buddy. going to be up 500 by midnight. Yeah, <laughs> Vegas! 
Yes, sir. Special shout out to Ken Thompson for joining the show. We really appreciate that knowledge bomb for Friday's slate of NCAA March Madness Sweet 16 games. Shout out to all of you as well. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for subscribing, rating, reviewing on iTunes. Have a great weekend, everybody. We're going to be back next week. A lot of baseball to get to. We've got to start thinking about the NFL draft. we got to start thinking about the NBA playoffs. The Masters are right around the corner. This is one of the absolute best times of year. But for right now, have a tremendous weekend. Be well and best of luck.